Well, today's Winning Cures Everything, it's picks time. That's right, we got 20 games from week 12 of the college football season that we are going to go over, and I'm going to give you my lean on these, what the numbers say, etc. Let's not waste time, let's do this thing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is Thursday, November the 16th. I am your host, Gary Seegers. Of course, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, at GaryWCE. I am also on Twitter, at Winning Cures. Hopefully, everybody's having a wonderful week thus far. Uh, lots of good action games over the past few nights. Uh, I, I had to tell one of my buddies the other day that there is no edge in action. There is only luck. It doesn't matter what the numbers say when it comes to action. There's no way to really predict these games, so... Uh, Take that with a grain of salt. It is what it is. So it, we love the midweek games. It's a lot of fun, but that is the true definition of gambling because it, it, you have no idea what's going to happen in those ball games. Uh, we're going to get to all the other stuff. Let me go and tell you uh, the Bet US College Football Show every Tuesday and Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to be with you all the way through the national championship game. So make sure that you are subscribed. We do have the um, we do have the link in the description for that. So make sure that you subscribe over there if you would so kindly uh, subscribe here. Like the video, all that kind of stuff. I'll tell you in a little bit how you can support the show and whatnot. But uh, but let's let's not waste time. Let's go on and get into some of these games. I want to start this thing off early. And let's start with, well, first off, how's this? Uh, I don't remember the record from last week. <laughs> and I didn't write it down for some reason. But there is a link in the description. You can go and look and see how we've done thus far on the season. Uh, it, it's been about 500, somewhere around there. Which these are just the leans. You want my official plays? You got to go to the Bet US College Football Show. That's the way it goes. All right, we're starting on Friday night, and we are talking about Colorado heading to the Palouse, Washington State. Washington State, a four and a half point favorite at home. Total of sixty three on this game. It's nine thirty p.m. Central Time on FS1, and let's look at the numbers. Let's see what we got. Uh, Washington State is a Let's see, a uh, 5.07 point favorite on this one, um, at least according to the season-long stats. My power rating has Washington State by about 2 points, 2.15, somewhere around there. Uh, not a great edge here. Washington State has lost six straight games, if 
if memory serves correctly, I think uh, they have to win both of their both of their games to um, to get to a bowl game. And same thing for Colorado. So you look at some of the numbers. Colorado's offense uh, is really good in the passing game, at least season long. And Washington State's defense is better at stopping the pass. Uh, they're number 60 in PPA per pass allowed over the full season. Uh, Washington State's defense isn't bad. I mean, they're number 75. It's middle of the road. It's whatever. Uh, Colorado's defense for the full season is bad. Number 128 PPA per drive, and they are terrible against the pass. Number 118 PPA per pass allowed, and they are number 129 in passing success rate allowed. Uh, Washington State, Cam Ward, they should be able to move the ball on these guys. There's a reason why this total is, you know, open the 60s. So it makes a whole lot of sense. But uh, let's move to the full screen and let's take a look over the last four weeks. And all of a sudden, that number flips because Colorado State, excuse me, Washington State has not been good. They've just not been good. Uh, and they've actually looked even worse at home, if that's possible. They only scored seven points against Stanford at home. They only put up six on Arizona at home. Um, still, you look at it, I mean, PPA margin number 116 for Washington State. That's predicted points added, by the way. Uh, and Colorado is number 121. I mean, you really dive into these advanced stats, and there's there's certainly an advantage for Colorado here. Uh, Colorado better in the five factors. Uh, more talent on the roster for Colorado. I look at this, and yeah, I... It, it seems weird betting on Colorado, but that's the direction that I'm going to have to go here because over the past four weeks, Colorado has just been a little bit better. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with both of these schools. I'm going to I'm gonna trust Colorado to get this one done. They really want to make it to a bowl game. Still got to beat Utah next week, but Washington State, uh, I think they kind of gave it all they had against Cal last week and could not get it done. Couldn't get home. So give me Colorado plus the four and a half on that one. Moving along. Next on the board, we move to Saturday morning. Louisville heads to Miami. And Louisville, currently a one-point road favorite, total of 46. This one's 11 a.m. Central Time. Of course, God's time zone on ABC. And we pull up the numbers here. And Louisville, full season, is favored by .35 points. Now, my power rating has Miami favored. Uh, Louisville, however, now this does not include injuries and whatever else, right? Miami, uh, Emory Williams, the quarterback, out. Uh, not not great. Tyler Van Dyke still does not look healthy. Uh, he came in, was two for seven last week against Florida State in, uh, in backup duty. And yet they were still, you know, close in that game. Like there was a, there was always a possibility that Tyler Van Dyke could have hit one of those deep passes and that game would have been tied and going to overtime. So, I do like the Miami defense. They are pretty good. Louisville's numbers overall on the season. I mean, what Jeff Brom has done with this team is just remarkable. Uh, Louisville has Kentucky next week. But if if the Cardinals win this game, they are going to the ACC championship game. That is mind-blowing to me. So, a little, little surprising uh, what this team has done. Um, it's not so much surprising that they made it to the ACC championship game considering the schedule, but yeah, uh, Jeff Brom just really doing good things there so far. Uh, these are the uh, full season stats, and you see the defensive numbers for Louisville. They're number nine in the country in uh, predicted points added per rush allowed. Uh, they're number 16 PPA per pass. 
Uh, Miami's offense it looks a whole lot better right here than what I'm about to show you, right? So let's uh, let's flip it over and let's look at the the last four weeks. And the last four weeks numbers have got Louisville favored by 15 points. Now it is one of those spots where everything's just kind of been too clean. Louisville should have probably lost a couple of games by now, but they they squeak by. But man, with the injuries and Miami giving everything they had in that Florida State game last week. You see the offense. I mean, number 126 passing success rate and number 116 rushing success rate over the past four weeks. I I mean, how are they supposed to put up points, especially against the Louisville defense that has been really good, number six in the country in predicted points allowed per drive. That is mind-blowing kind of stuff. Uh, points per scoring opportunity, uh, even if Miami does get down the field, they can't finish drives. 2.47 points per scoring opportunity. A scoring opportunity, for those that don't know, is any time you get a first down inside the opponent's 40-yard line. They can't finish drives. And Louisville is number 10 in the country in the past four weeks at stopping them. So I don't know how Miami is supposed to score here. On the other side, Louisville has not really been throwing the ball much, which is not common for Jeff Brom offenses. But, hey, I mean, they're running the ball 60% of the time because they're better at it. They're number 15 in the country in rushing success rate. Now, that goes into the teeth of the Miami defense. That is something to pay attention to uh, because Louisville is number 40 in PPA per rush. Uh, Miami's defense is number 15. So something to look for there, uh, especially when you look at stuff rate, right? The offensive line for Louisville, not great at run blocking. It doesn't look like they're number 71 in offensive line yards. They are number 120 in stuff rate allowed. Miami's defense is number 6 in offensive line yards allowed and number 8 in stuff rate. So, yeah. Uh, that's I think that's why this number has come down because it was at two and a half just a couple of days ago, and it's down to one now. When you look at the five factors rank over the past four weeks, just raw rank, Louisville is number one in the country, and Miami is number 103. Now, when you put in talent along with that, the numbers get a little closer. Miami's number 64, and Louisville is number five, but, yikes. I mean, this is this is pretty wild stuff. Um, I don't... My issue here is this is a one-point spread, and I do not see how Miami scores. And if that is the case, then I'm going to have to go with Louisville. So I will take the Cardinals uh, minus the one here on the road. I think they wrap up the uh, their, their slot in the ACC title game. Um, they're really good. <laughs> they're they're going to be really good. So... That is the way that it goes. We move along. We stay in the 11 o'clock time slot. And we're going to the Big Ten. Rutgers heads to Penn State. Penn State, a 20.5-point favorite. Total of 41 on this game. It's 11 a.m. Central Time on FS1. And pull up the numbers here. And full season numbers have Penn State by 22.16. My power rating is Penn State minus 21.7. So the full season score uh, would have it Penn State 34 to 12, somewhere around there. Now, you know, relatively close to the number. Um, Louisville, Louisville, excuse me, Rutgers, uh, their defense is surprisingly decent, right? They're not great at stopping the run. They're pretty good at stopping the pass. Uh, the issue for Penn State is that their offense is not great. Now, they do destroy the teams that they're supposed to beat. 
right? We saw them do it against Maryland just a couple weeks ago. Uh, they've just had, they've got an Ohio State-Michigan problem, and that's it. But it is what it is. Uh, now, they lose to Michigan last week at home. Now you've got an early kick against the team that you're supposed to beat, and you're depressed. You're not going to win the conference. You just fired the offensive coordinator. You know, what are we going to do here, right? What are we going to do? Rutgers uh, can't throw the ball, number 125 PPA per pass, but they only try and throw it like 39% of the time. You uh, you look at what they do rushing the ball, and they're not great, and, and they're going against one of the best rushing defenses in the country. Now, let's move it over, and let's look at the last four weeks. Now I've got Penn State favored by about 17 and a half. So about 30, that's 32 to 14 or something like that. Uh, Rutgers, number 121 PPA per drive on offense, number 44 on defense. Penn State on the other side, number 70 PPA per drive on offense and number 38 on defense. Uh, The defensive numbers, obviously not looking good. Um, But, you know, in that time span, they've got Ohio State and they've got Michigan. Uh, Michigan didn't really throw it on them at all. Uh, but it doesn't matter how much they throw on you when, you know, your passing success rate is number 100 and your PPA per pass is number 103. The crazy thing is we saw Michigan run the ball basically like 30-some-odd straight times, right? And there was a pass in there. There was a pass interference, I know. Uh, but regardless, it didn't count on the stat sheet, so it is what it is. But Penn State's defense is still number nine in the country in PPA per rush. So predicted points added per rush. They're number nine in the country. Rutgers, that's what they do best, and they're number 87. That's that's terrifying if I'm a Rutgers fan. Um, I think this thing's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be a slog. I'm going to trust the four-week number here, uh, 17.63. I don't think Penn State covers this week. We, we saw them do the same thing when they lost to Ohio State. They came out against Indiana, didn't look great. Uh, I don't think that Rutgers is going to be able to score a ton of points here, but... I also don't think the Penn State scores a bunch of points. This feels twenty to six to me, somewhere around there. You know, twenty four to seven or something like that. So I do kind of like the uh, the under on this as well. But uh, but yeah, give me Rutgers plus the points here. I uh, I kind of trust them to go into Sleepy Happy Valley this week and get that thing done. Next on the board, we move to. Aha, the AAC. That is right. And get the numbers pulled up correctly. Uh, Tulane heads to Florida Atlantic. And FAU, a a 9.5 point home dog with a total of 46.5. This one, 11 a.m. Central Time, God's Time Zone on ESPN+. And the numbers right now, full season, would have Tulane favored by 5.5. Huh. Like, I've seen Florida Atlantic get blown out a few times, but... The way that my model reads this, uh, Tulane has not been great. Uh, As far as the power rating goes, I've got Tulane by 9.1. Huh. Okay. That's interesting. Um, And then also, like, the fact that full season stats have got Tulane only by about 5.5 points. uh, twenty About 28 to 22.5 or something. Somewhere around there. Uh, or Yeah, 27.9 to 22.3. Or four, whatever. So, FAU has not been great full season at throwing the ball. Number 106 PPA per pass. Uh, Tulane's defense is bad at defending the pass. They're number 90 overall on the season in PPA per pass allowed. Uh, As far as running the ball, FAU, decent. 
uh, but they don't do it much. They only throw the ball like 42% of the time. That that goes into the teeth of the, the Tulane defense. Tulane, on the other hand, number 28 in PPA per pass, but they only throw it like 41% of the time. It's number 119 in the country in passing rate uh, on offensive snaps. At pass success, they're number 56. Like, Michael Pratt is genuinely a good, good quarterback. Uh, PPA per rush, Tulane is number 98, and yet they run the ball nearly 60% of the time. Uh, but that also goes into the teeth of the FAU defense. So, you know, five factors certainly skews towards Tulane. Number 18, when you include talent, uh, FAU is number 99, all that. But let's uh, let's take a look over the past four weeks. What did, what do these teams look like recently? And Tulane, a little bit better. Up to a seven-point favorite here, somewhere around 26 to 19. That, that's the score indicated here. Um, it, FAU wants to throw the ball, and they're not good at it, right? Like, I, I think Daniel Richardson is okay, but the numbers would show, I mean, they're number 96 in passing success rate, even though they're throwing the ball 54% of the time. Some of that has to do with the fact that they've been behind in some of these games, so they had to. Uh, but still, I do like Daniel Richardson. I like the quarterback that came over from uh, Central Michigan, but still. You look at turnover margin, Pretty even there, uh, especially with giveaways per game, all that kind of stuff. Uh, penalties per game skews a little bit towards FAU. But again, you look at the five factors, that's a, I mean, it's a huge difference. Huge difference there. It's still, nine and a half points. I mean, Tulane just does not cover when these lines get up there. They, they would have to win by double digits to cover. And going on the road, you got a big game next week against UTSA. All you got to do is win. Like we we just saw this last week against Tulsa. I I'm going to go FAU here. I think they can keep it within a touchdown. I I don't trust Tulane to be able to cover a big number. Uh, this team has just not been great. The fact that they are still ranked is shocking to me. Uh, I think they're probably still ranking off of last season, but hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. Next up, we head back to the Big Ten and. Michigan State heads to Indiana. Indiana, a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Total of 47 on this one. It's 11 a.m. Central Time on the Big Ten Network. And the numbers for the full season would have Indiana favored by less than a point. Uh, power ratings have got Michigan State actually favored by four. Uh, but, yeah, stats-wise, they've got it like 19.02 to 18.18. I mean, these two teams are bad. You see all the red on the screen. This is terrible. This is a, this is a terrible football game. Uh, however, turns out, if you're Indiana, when you get rid of Walt Bell as your offensive coordinator, your offense can do better things. So, uh, full season, Indiana's number 128 in the country in predicted points added margin. Michigan State is number 120. Uh, the only thing that saves Michigan State is the fact that their defense is fairly decent. Let's, uh, let's look over the past four weeks, and we'll pull up the full screen here. Yeah. It's gotten a little bit better for Indiana, and it's gotten a little bit worse for Michigan State because the defense has not fallen off. Number 89 in predicted points added per drive on defense for Michigan State over the past four weeks. And Indiana, um, they've picked it up on offense a little bit since they got rid of Walt Bell. They've changed things up. They are now number 67 in PPA per pass. Uh, They are number 74 in PPA per rush. And the offensive line is run blocking a lot better. Number 31 in offensive line yards. Number seven in stuff rate allowed. Yeah, they've done better things. They're better on standard downs. 
So that's good. I mean, they can stay ahead of the chains a lot better because, I mean, Michigan State can't do anything on standard downs. Uh, they're number 90. Michigan State's defense, number 96 in standard down success allowed. Indiana's number 62. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome for Indiana. On the other side of the ball, Indiana not good at, at, at like against the run. They're number 104 in PPA allowed per rush. But Michigan State is number 125 in that metric. So that ain't good. Uh Michigan State also can't throw like they're terrible at throwing the ball number 123 in PPA per pass well Indiana is not great against the pass number 85 PPA per pass allowed and number 105 in passing success rate allowed but that's still better numbers than what Michigan State is doing so you look at the five factors you look at all this other stuff uh, this thing at four and a half like I guess if you take the full season stats yeah I guess I could see it but I'm going to have to go Indiana here. Like, that just, it makes all the sense in the world to uh, to take Indiana. So, Indiana minus four and a half is, uh, is the pick on this one. All right, uh, let me go on and tell you, Three Dog Thursday is coming up on this channel at uh, 2 p.m. You know, I don't know when this thing's going to run. I'm having to record it today. Uh, so, just remember, Thursday is 2 p.m. Central Time at Three Dog Thursday with the host, TJ Reeves. He, uh, he does a fantastic job. He does the BetUS College Basketball Show. He does the BetUS Boxing Show. And he's also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sideline reporter. He has a different guest on every single week. And they talk college football underdogs right here on Winning Cures Everything. So subscribe to the channel. Make sure and subscribe to his podcast. And uh, check that bad boy out. If you want to support the show, there is a membership option. You can sign up for that. We would certainly appreciate that. And uh, yeah, yeah, what else have we got? What are the kind of notes? Oh, if you want to support the show, you can either sign up on the membership thing or you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash winning cures. I post my projections for every single week up there uh, for every single game. So you want to be a, a part of that? Go and support me. Buymeacoffee.com slash winning cures. If you want my plays every week, my official plays, the ones that I am putting my hard-earned money on, you've joined me on Telegram. T.me slash GaryWCE. That's the easiest way to get there from your browser. Or if you've got the Telegram app, just look for Gary WCE, and you can do that. Let's see. Okay, I think that's I think that's the socials. I think that's everything. All right, let's move into the next game, and we are going to stay in the 11 a.m. Central Time slot. We're going back to the Big Ten. Purdue heads to Northwestern, and Purdue is a three-point favorite here with a total of 47 on this one. I mean, just no respect for Northwestern. No respect at all. I, I get very irritated with this. Uh, but regardless, let's pull up the numbers. Let's let's take a look and see. Um, let's see about... Da, 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 da. All right, yeah. Northwestern, a three-point home dog. Total of 47. Full season numbers have gotten Northwestern uh, favored by 0.7 points. Purdue's numbers not great. They're pretty good against the run. However, uh, Northwestern has been throwing the ball more. Is what it is, right? Purdue has done decent against the run when you look at the full season. Uh, Purdue's offense has not been great. Like, let's just look at, at overall numbers here. Number 89 PPA margin for Purdue. Number 87 for Northwestern. Uh, Purdue is number 84 on offense. And they're going against Northwestern number 59 on defense. Northwestern number 107 on offense going against number 71 on defense. And let's see. Five factors rank plus talent favors Northwestern. They've got a pretty talented roster right now. It's it's a little 
surprising, to be completely honest. Uh, but regardless, it is what it is. So let's look at the last four weeks. That's what I'm really interested in. And I didn't switch it. Of course I didn't. There we go. All right. Over the past four weeks, I would actually have Northwestern favored by a little over two points. Uh, 20 to 17.74. My power rating has Purdue favored by two. Uh, this, I mean, this thing was Northwestern minus one and a half, and it flipped all the way around. I mean, it's just crazy. The Purdue defense has gotten a little bit better. Number 52 uh, defense per drive, like PPA uh, defense per drive. Like, they're, they're a little bit better. Northwestern has gotten remarkably better on defense. Number 18 PPA per pass allowed. Uh, number 42 PPA per rush. You know, Purdue had like 600 yards last week. But I think that was a one-game thing. I don't believe that these guys are. I don't know. I'm I'm very I'm very curious. I'm very curious about it. Um, I'm gonna ride Northwestern here. There's there's not a lot that really points me in that direction other than the model just saying that. But when I when I look at things like you know points per scoring opportunity, um, Northwestern's defense is number twelve. In that metric in the past four weeks, Purdue is number 54 on offense. On the other side, Northwestern, number 47 points per scoring opportunity on offense. Purdue's defense is number 104. You know, you you dive into like PPA per pass and PPA per rush and stuff like that, and you can kind of get swayed on different matchups. But when you look at the game overall in who is more efficient, not to mention the motivation factor, because Northwestern just announced that David Braun is going to be their coach, and their players are jacked about it. Yeah, Northwestern, a home dog, potentially the last game in Ryan Field, at least in the current construction. I think they're going to be jacked for this. Get the coffee here, and let me tell you, Northwestern plus three is the play for me. I think people believe that Northwestern is just not good, and that ain't true. It ain't true. This team is good this year. I said it at the beginning of the year. I think without Pat Fitzgerald, they got the handcuffs off Mike Bajaki and the offensive coordinator. I think the defense under David Braun, is, I mean, they are willing to adjust. It's a pretty good team. I like Northwestern here, plus the three. Uh, we'll move ahead. We'll move ahead, and I am going slow today. Utah heads to Arizona. The Wildcats are a one-point favorite, total of 45 on this one. And it is a 1.30 p.m. Central Time kick on the Pac-12 Network. Only a couple more weeks of the Pac-12 Network as far as football is concerned. Interesting. Interesting. All right. The numbers would have Utah favored by 1.45 when you look over the full span of the season. Don't know that I trust that necessarily. Um, Power rating is a weird thing sometimes. My power rating has Utah favored by 5. Utah is going on the road. We know that Utah is not as good on the road. Uh, Arizona had to... uh, They they played around a little bit with Colorado last week. They had been looking a whole lot better, and then they just did not look very good against Colorado at all. Uh, They don't run the ball much. Arizona does not on offense, and yet they're number five in rushing success rate. They are number 27 in PPA per rush, and Utah turns out... Uh, that they are better against the pass than they are against the run. They're number 47 in PPA allowed per rush, number 42 in rushing success rate allowed. Um, I don't think we have to worry too much about uh, explosiveness with these two teams. Um, But, I mean, obviously we'll see. Who knows in this spot. 
Okay, so Utah's offense, uh, they can run somewhat. They're, they're running it about 60% of the time, but they're not great at it because I think people just know. I mean, they're stacking the box on them, and it doesn't matter because they cannot throw the ball. They're number 105 in PPA per pass uh, over the full season. Let's let's look at the last four weeks. I think that's the most important thing to look at here. Uh, I would still have Utah favored, but this time by .91. Uh, let's go back to Utah on offense. They're number 41 in PPA per pass, but they're number 86 in passing success rate. Uh, as far as like running the ball, they're number 60 in PPA per rush, number 63 rushing success rate. Um, again, we're not going to have to worry about explosiveness because both of these teams uh, pretty either either they're not explosive or their defense is pretty good at stopping explosive plays. So like we'll see about that. Uh, when it comes to five factors plus talent rank, I mean, Utah's number 33, Arizona's 34. These teams are about as even as you could possibly get on this. Uh, the most impressive thing to me about what Arizona has done is they are number 12 in the country in second-half point margin. That shows a team that makes really good adjustments. Utah has actually gone down. They were number 41, 3.4, uh, or plus 3.4 points in first-half point margin, and they are down to number 45 in the second half at plus 2.2. Yeah, I, Jed Fish and, and his coaching staff make really good adjustments at halftime. Like, they are really good in the second half. Uh, PPA margin over the past four weeks, Arizona is number 38, Utah is number 85. There are certainly things that would lead you to believe that Utah could stay in this game. Utah, always good, um, always good in the Pac-12. I mean, they just always are. But there were some things that had to go right for them last week for them to be able to cover that number against Washington. And I I don't see it. I don't see it. I know that there's a lot of people that are on Utah this week, uh, at least people that I know. I am going the opposite way. I'm going to take Arizona. I, I like Arizona this week. I think uh, at home, I think they're going to be fired up. If I'm not mistaken, there is still a possibility that Arizona could get to the Pac-12 title game. They need a lot to go right, but yeah, I, that's the way that I'm leaning on that one. All right, we move ahead, and we go to the ACC. Duke at Virginia, and Duke is a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Total of 47 here. This one's 2 p.m. Central Time on the CW. And yeah, let's uh, da, 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 let's pull up the numbers. Uh, over the full season, Duke would be favored by 14 points. But Duke is now down to a third-string quarterback. Uh, maybe Riley Leonard's back. I don't remember. Um, I do not remember. I don't think so. I wouldn't imagine that he is. But regardless, uh, these numbers don't necessarily matter a lot. Uh, if they did, I mean, the fact that Virginia cannot stop the run and the fact that Duke was fantastic running the ball early on, that would be a huge difference. This game would not be a three-and-a-half-point spread uh, but alas, here we are. So, yeah, you can look at these. Uh, my power rating, again, not injury adjusted, whatever. It's got Duke by 14. So, but let's look at the last four weeks and see what we got here. And now, all of a sudden, Duke is only favored by 3.17. Duke's defense can't stop the pass. And Virginia is a little crazy. Uh, they're inconsistent with their passing game. Number 63 in passing success but number 104 in PPA per pass. Also, number 63 in passing down success rate, but number 104 in passing downs PPA. Virginia on offense, number 47 predicted points added per rush, 
Duke's defense is number 56. So there is a there's a, a way that Duke's defense could honestly keep them in this game. And what Mike Elko has done, obviously there's a lot of talk about him possibly going to Texas A&M, etc. Does that distract this team at all? Uh, that's something to pay attention to. Duke still, to this day, does not turn the ball over much. They're number 33 in giveaways per game. Uh, Virginia, on the other side, they're number 112 in giveaways per game. A lot of those came at the beginning of the season, though. I think they've kind of cleaned it up a little bit, but they don't generate turnovers either. This one's tough for me uh, because Virginia, this is a team that feels like they are fighting, and I want to take them, but also think that Duke is like really, really well coached, like better than Virginia. I just their their success rate and everything, all the efficiency numbers have kind of gone down for Duke, and now you've got the added stuff about hey, our head coach might be leaving. Um, Virginia got a big rivalry game against Virginia Tech next week. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to ride Duke here. I don't feel great about it. I'll just say that. So if this is in one of your pickums or something like that, I would I would take Duke. But again, I don't feel good about it. So uh, moving along, moving along. Illinois heads to Iowa, and the Hawkeyes are a three-point home favorite total. Of 31. They got out of the 20s on this one. This one's 2.30 p.m. Central Time on FS1. And, uh, and man, let me tell you. Oh, that did not click, did it? All right. Iowa by 5.75 for the full season. My power rating has Iowa by 4.5 here. This number had moved a lot. It's come down some. Uh, Brett Bielema did come out this week and said Luke Altmaier has been cleared. He's our starting quarterback. You know, all that kind of mess. I still think John Paddock is going to play. He has been lights out with his Illinois offense since he came in in relief of uh, Luke Altmaier. So, yeah, like it, Illinois' offense has actually been pretty good, number 61 in the country, PPA per drive. But again, you're going up against a Phil Parker defense that for the full season, even with all the guys that they lost and all that kind of mess, they are number two in the country in uh, PPA allowed per drive. That is... My, like this would be a national championship team if they had any semblance of an offense. They're number 133, dead last in the country in PPA per drive on offense. I mean, just, it, it, you see all the red on this offense. It is absolutely abysmal, and yet, still favored in the game because the defense is so good. Now, Cooper DeGene, or DeJean, or whatever, uh, looks like he's going to be out, and he is a massive part of that defense. So I'm very curious what that's going to mean going forward. Um, you see the defense. Illinois' def- or Illinois' offense has been pretty good. Um, it's surprising that they're only number 85 PPA per rush, considering number 24 in stuff rate allowed, number 29 in offensive line yards, number 32 in rushing success rate, but they are not explosive in the run game whatsoever. Whatsoever. The offensive line has certainly improved, but again, you're going up against Iowa. So we'll see. But let's uh let's click over and let's look at the last four weeks. And that would still have Iowa favored by four point two five. So over the three here, um a lot of people are on the Illinois bandwagon. And I can't do it. I just, going to Kinnick, um, trying to figure out who your quarterback's going to be, 
like if you you toss Luke Altmaier out there and I get the feeling that it's you're going to have some turnovers. Uh, Illinois is number 118 in turnover margin, and that is because they're number 113 in giveaways per game. Now, it's tough when you're betting a game to bank on turnovers from one team, but this certainly seems like one of those spots where if they do play Luke Altmaier, uh, you're going to get some turnovers, I would imagine. I mean, he hadn't played in two weeks. Like, yeah, that's that's. I think that's the way that I would go with that. Um I'm going to take Iowa here. I trust them a little more at home. I mean, they're number one in the country in defensive success rate. Um, Illinois, while the offense has been good, now you're going back to try and figure out, okay, uh, which quarterback are we going to run with, et cetera. I don't know that I trust them to get it right. So give me the Hawkeyes minus the three on that one. It came down to three. I will gladly take that. All right, we move ahead and... UCLA heading to USC. USC a six and a half point favorite at home. Total is sixty five and a half. It's two thirty p.m. Central Time, God's Time Zone on ABC. So this one's going to be an early kick out at the Rose Bowl. No, not the Rose Bowl. Excuse me, Memorial Coliseum. And we will pull up the numbers if I can get them up here. Right there we go. All right, full season. I've got USC favored by five point six six here. Um, really high total, sixty-three. Uh, let's see, the total right now is sixty-five and a half. Hmm. UCLA, I think, is going to have trouble scoring, uh, which is surprising, considering they're going against USC's defense, who is number twenty or one twenty-five in the country in predicted points added allowed per drive. This is not a good USC defense, and yet UCLA has got quarterback problems. They couldn't score on Arizona State last week. And Arizona State's defense is better than USC's. I get that. However, man, UCLA without either Garbers or Dante Moore, uh, you're hearing a lot of stuff about some discontent with some recruits and whatnot. Dante Moore, that whole thing. Who knows what's going on there? Colin Schley did not have the answer for him last week. I mean, it's a disaster. And it looks like Chip Kelly might be on his way out. Who knows? It's a little weird to have a UCLA team that is number 11 in the country in PPA allowed per drive, but number 78 in that metric on offense. It's just ridiculous. Um, the USC defense you see is bad, but UCLA's offense, they can't throw the ball. They're still pretty good running the ball, but they still are only like 50-50. Like they're very balanced as far as what they choose to do with their offensive snaps. Uh, this is... If you want to look at inefficiency, number 18 in the country full season is UCLA's offense at, uh, at generating scoring opportunities per game. So 6.8 drives per game get inside the opponent's 40-yard line. They are number 120 in points per scoring opportunity on the full season. 3.09 points per trip inside the opponent's 40-yard line. That is just atrocious. Uh, but let's look at the last four weeks. Now I've got USC favored by 2.32 because that USC defense has actually gotten worse over the past four weeks. They are number 133 in PPA allowed per drive on defense. UCLA's offense has been okay. They're number 69, and the UCLA defense has fallen off just a little bit. But uh, again, it was just last week. Like they, they had a quarterback until last week, and they are awful. Uh, there's a lot of people that love UCLA right now, but what I watched last week, if that shows up, in uh, in the Coliseum, 
I mean, there is no chance that UCLA hangs around. So I, I look at this, and I am reading into it that they may not have a quarterback, and if they don't have a quarterback, they have no shot here. I'm going to take USC. Like I, I, I don't think that this UCLA team is going to fight for Chip Kelly the way that some teams would fight for their coach. And if it looks like he's going to be fired anyway, that, I mean, what what difference does it make? USC, I think, wants to go out on you know on a good note. You get a win in this rivalry game. I think that's a big thing uh, because this is USC's last game of the year. So I'm I'm going to go a little bit contrarian here, and I'm going to take USC minus the six and a half. I know it's a I know my model's going the other way, but sometimes you just got to read the tea leaves, and I feel like they really really want to win this game. So, all right, let's uh. Let's hit this thing right quick. Let me tell you, we got a we got a partner. Buying tickets to events is expensive. My little brother just bought tickets to go see Tom Segura. And they are expensive. It you want to go to a big time event, it's going to cost you some some cheddar. It's going to cost some money. The way for you to save money buying tickets is to go to Ticket Smarter. You can download the app, or you can go to the website, TicketSmarter.com, and if you use the promo codes WCE10, that's going to get you 10 bucks off an order of $100 or more, or WCE20, that's WCE20, that is going to get you 20 bucks off an order of $300 or more. Bowl season is coming up. Next week is rivalry week. You want to go to some of these massive college football games. It's going to cost you a pretty penny, but you can save money every time you order. This is not a one-time thing. These promo codes... Anytime you order from TicketSmarter, use the promo code, it's going to take money off. That helps, especially in this economy. So you want to go to concerts, you want to go to uh, college football games, NBA season's going on right now, we got bowl games going, NFL, etc. The tickets are expensive, but you can take, you see it on your screen right now, TicketSmarter, WCE10 or WCE20, you either get 10 bucks off an order for 100, 20 bucks off an order of 300. Either way, think smarter, TicketSmarter. That's the way to do it. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, we move ahead. We still got 10 games, so we got to roll through some of these. And let's do this. Oh, like the video. Subscribe to the channel. You guys know how to do that. And uh, leave some comments. I would certainly appreciate that. All right, moving along. And we go to the Big 12 now. And Baylor heads to TCU. TCU favored by 13 right now with a total of 58 and a half on this. It's 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN+. And we look at the numbers. The the rivalry here is uh, apparently changing names. I don't know who decided to sign off on that. But uh, it's absurd and it's ridiculous and whatever. Baylor is terrible. I mean, there's a reason why this thing is like 12 and a half or whatever it was, 13. Um, Baylor's bad. I mean, they are so bad. It, on defense, especially. Number 123, PPA per drive. This is the full season stats that you're seeing on the screen here. Number 123, PPA allowed per drive on defense. They are number 98 on offense. So it ain't good either way. Like, it, it, they're not good on either side of the ball. And I don't know what they're going to do with Dave Aranda. Um, but, man, it, this is not working this year whatsoever. Uh, they won the Big 12, like, two years ago. And then he let his Big 12 winning quarterback transfer to South Florida and decided he was going to rival Blake Shapin, and it just has not gone well. Uh, the fundamentals of the game they're pretty good at. Number nine in penalties per game, number 33 in turnover margin, so they don't really beat themselves a whole lot. It's just they're, they're not good, which is a little bit shocking because um, <laughs> I thought Dave Aranda was a, a really good coach, but uh, things have not gone well there at, at all, at all. TCU on offense, number 33 PPA per drive on the full season. Uh, again, Baylor's defense, number 123. TCU's defense is not very good, but it's not like Baylor can do anything to take advantage of it. So let's uh, let's move to the last four weeks. And in the last four weeks, I would only have TCU favored by 2.61. Now, part of this has to do with who each team has played. You know, obviously TCU playing Texas, et cetera. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty big deal. But the numbers are the numbers, right? And TCU's defense is number 126, PPA allowed per drive. And Baylor's defense is, is up to number 118. Uh, the TCU offense is still better. Uh, they're number 75 PPA per pass and number 75 PPA per rush. They are throwing the ball uh, 60, almost 62% of the time. Number six in the country in passing rate in uh, Kendall Browse's offense, which is just, it ain't look great. Now, granted, they do have like a, a third-string quarterback that they're working with here, uh, Josh Hoover, but yikes, yikes. Um, I'm going to ride with Baylor on this. Uh, it's a rivalry game. These things are always relatively tight. I think that the guys want to play for Dave Aranda. I just, yeah, they're so bad. Like, this is a, this is a hold your nose bet if I've ever seen one. Um, we'll have a couple more of those, though. I, you look at some of these, and you know Baylor at least standard downs PPA. They're number thirty. 
Uh, they're number 22 in standard down success rate over the past four weeks. TCU's defense is number 99 and 89 in those metrics. So Baylor has an opportunity to maybe stay ahead of the chains a little bit. Uh, they just, they're not good at throwing the ball, but also they're going against a team that uh, is not good at defending against the pass. So I think it's going to be relatively close. My number is less than three over the past four weeks. Like the score is somewhere around 24 and a half to 22. Um, you know, call it call it uh, 24-21 or something like that. You know, whatever. But I I think that Baylor is going to be able to keep within the 13 points. And, uh, and then we'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes from there. So Baylor plus the 13 on that one. Next on the board, we move to the Big Ten again. Minnesota heads to Ohio State. Ohio State a 28-point favorite total of 50 on the game. It's 3 p.m. Central Time on the Big Ten Network. And we'll pull up the numbers. Full season would have Ohio State favored by 31.27. Obviously, this is a look-ahead spot a little bit for the Michigan game next week. So the game, uh, it's in Ann Arbor. It's the one game Ohio State has to win. Ohio State is number one in the country in strength of record. Minnesota is number 64. I mean, there's a drastic difference here. Number three in PPA margin on the season for Ohio State. Number 117 PPA margin on the season for Minnesota. Uh, Still 28 points for an offense that has looked okay passing the ball. I mean, the numbers are obviously there. They're number five in PPA per pass, number nine in passing success rate. They're not overly explosive, number 63. um, And they're not great at, like, not allowing havoc. Uh, they're number 58 in Havoc Rate Allowed. Uh, but Minnesota doesn't generate any Havoc. I mean, they're number 119 in that metric. I, Ohio State, I think, is getting healthier at running back. But even still, they're not great at offensive line yards. They're not great at uh, at stuff rate. Like, it, I mean, it, the the offense is just what it is. But I don't, I don't see how Minnesota scores, like, at all. Uh, I went against Ohio State last week because the number was like 31 and a half and they ended up winning 38 to 3. Well, this go round they could do the exact same thing. They can just run the ball, they can just do whatever. Um Minnesota, I mean they don't they don't run a lot of plays. They're number 122 in the country in plays per game and Ohio State is number 79, but still Ohio State could absolutely put up 35 points and just give up a field goal. Uh let's look at the last 4 weeks on this just to see what the number looks like. And yeah, twenty eight point two six. So it number ten in PPA margin over the last four weeks. Number eighteen PPA per pass. Number ninety one PPA per rush. They're not overly explosive, but you know, towards the end of the game, Minnesota, you know, probably it's the same thing that happened to Rutgers, I would imagine. And so yeah, I my power rating says Ohio State by twenty nine. Uh, it's it's down to twenty eight. I'll take Ohio State as the favorite here at home. Um, I don't feel great about it. It's a big number, and I don't trust that Ohio State offense, but I trust them more than I trust Minnesota. I will I will certainly say that. All right, uh, moving on to unlucky number 13. Game at number 13 on the docket today. And da, 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 we move to the Pac-12. And Oregon is headed to Arizona State. Arizona State is a 24 point home dog total of 55 on this one it's 3 p.m central time on fox for this let's pull up the numbers 
And full season numbers would have Oregon favored by 35.6. Now, again, a bit of a look-ahead spot for both teams here. Arizona State is, uh, they're wrapping things up with Arizona next week. And Oregon, uh, they are they are playing against uh, uh, really a revenge spot against Oregon State, who handled them last year and kept them out of the Pac-12 title game. Oregon's numbers are fantastic. Like, they are really, really good. The USC game, a little tighter than I thought it was going to be last week. Uh, but regardless, you know, now they're on the road playing against a team that is still fighting. That's certainly good. Uh, but these, obviously, the Arizona State numbers for the full season don't matter. They just don't matter. Um, because they've had, like, four different quarterbacks, and they just, but they, they keep fighting, right? They got a win over UCLA, who was not, they just weren't very good without a quarterback last week. But again, Arizona State just fights and keeps the ball away, and it's a it's a fun team to root for. I'll tell you that. Uh, looking at the last four weeks, now I would have Oregon by 32.6. So, is the look-ahead spot worth 10 points? That's what you're asking. Uh, well, eight and a half points, right? 32.6 down to 24. I mean, I really want to take Oregon again because I think they're trying to get Bo Nix the Heisman Trophy. That's what I think they're wanting to do. The defense is really good. I don't know that Arizona State's going to have very much success against uh, this defense. Although, uh, if they were going to, I mean, they would have to do it through the air, and I just don't think that they're great through the air. They're number 116 uh, in passing success rate, Arizona State is, over the past four weeks. Um, Oregon, on offense, is number three in PPA per pass and number three in passing success rate. That's that's pretty good. They're number 36 in PPA per rush and number six in rushing success rate. Uh, Arizona State is number 72 and number 106 in those metrics. There ain't a whole lot uh, that's going to go Arizona State's way here, especially when you look at this. Oregon is number one in the country in giveaways per game. They do not turn the ball over. Arizona State is number 97. And so if something is going to go haywire, it's going to be the other way around. I know it's a lot of points. I know it's a lot of points. There's a reason this line has been moving this direction, though. If you see, when I printed out the spread, not printed, but when I created the spreadsheet, the spread was Oregon minus 22.5. It's up to 24 now. I know it's a look-ahead spot, but Oregon is so efficient that it doesn't. if they show up, that's what they're going to do. They haven't had one of those kind of games where they just don't look the part. And I think in this spot, even on the road, I think that they are going to look the part again. So I will take Oregon even at that huge number uh, to cover the 24 on that. Now, we're going to the Big 12 for this one. Oklahoma State heads to Houston, and the Cowboys are a seven-point favorite total of 60. This one's uh, 3 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2. And the numbers, what did they say? Full season numbers. I've got uh, I've got Oklahoma State power rated uh, at two point seven three points better than Houston. Uh, the the stats would have Oklahoma State by two point two eight. So PPA margin Oklahoma State number ninety five, Houston number one twenty one. This is a big time spot for Dana Holgerson and company. I think they really want to go out on a good note, uh, and this is one of those big spots where you got them at your place. Like things are, things hadn't been going good all year, but you got them at your place, and you got a you got a shot here because 
man, Oklahoma State, you want to talk about the hangover of all hangovers last week against uh, UCF after winning Bedlam? I know they want to get to the conference title game, but man, I mean, they, they got a long way to go for that. So let's look over the past four weeks. What are we looking at? Oklahoma State minus 3.62. So actually a little bit better than what they were for the full season. However, Houston is number 106 in PPA margin, so they've actually gotten a little bit better as well. Uh, the score predictor is somewhere around 22.7 to 19 or something like that. I mean, it's, you know, nothing crazy, uh, but it doesn't get anywhere close to a touchdown. Uh, there are certainly... How crazy is this? Like, you've got Ollie Gordon, and your numbers are still, like, number 101 in rushing success rate. Here's the thing. They've been feasting off of explosive runs from Ollie Gordon. They're number one in the country in rushing explosiveness. Houston's defense, actually pretty good at stopping explosive runs. They're number 43. Now, they're number 125 in rushing success allowed, but, like, Oklahoma State is number 101 over the past four weeks. So that's that's a moot point, Right. The five factors and the five factors plus talent certainly skew towards Oklahoma State. Um, Houston, number 116, and Oklahoma State, number 27. Houston ain't going to be able to out-talent anybody here. But, I mean, you see the explosive numbers. Um, it's a little it's a little bit surprising when you look at these. Uh, Houston, number 36 in offensive explosiveness. They're number four in explosiveness allowed. So they're number six in net explosiveness. Oklahoma State is only number 88. So Oklahoma State's offense, pretty explosive, number 14, uh, but they're number 126 in defensive explosiveness. Donovan Smith can get some plays against this defense. That's what I'm looking for. Rushing explosiveness, they're pretty decent, is Houston. Oklahoma State's defense, number 126. Passing explosiveness, Houston's passing offense over the past four weeks hasn't been super explosive, but Oklahoma State's defense is number 82 in that spot. So I look at this, and I think that Houston's going to be fired up uh, I know that Oklahoma State is trying to get it back together to get back to the title game. Um, I don't know that Houston wins the game outright. I just think this thing's going to be tight. And if I'm getting a touchdown, I'm going to ride with the Cougars. Give me Houston plus the seven on that one. Uh, we're going to stay in the Big 12. And we are moving over. UCF goes to Lubbock for the first time. Texas Tech is a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. And the total sits at 60 on this one. Uh, it's 4 p.m. Central Time on FS2. That's right. We got us an FS2 game on this. And pull it up on the screen. Texas Tech by 3.72 when you look at the full season numbers. Uh, UCF's defense, pretty good against the pass. Uh, but Texas Tech has not been good at passing the ball. UCF, terrible against the run. Now, we saw what they did to Oklahoma State last week. We saw that. They smushed that team. Uh, but UCF still number 121 in predicted points allowed per rush. Texas Tech is number 42 in that metric on the full season. Looking at uh, what UCF has done on offense, uh, significantly better than what Texas Tech has been on defense. PPA per pass, they're number 11. Texas Tech's defense number 44. Uh, number 28 in PPA per rush, and Texas Tech's defense is number 67. Gus Malzahn's offense is clicking here, at least for the full season. Uh, you see it, number 26 in the country in predicted points added per drive. Uh, they're number 31 in PPA margin. Texas Tech is number 72. And yet, this game is in Lubbock, right? Let's look at the last four weeks. All of a sudden, UCF is favored by 11.02 because Texas Tech has just been all over the place. Now, they do have Baron Morton back. That is something to pay attention to. 
but UCF fighting for a bowl, both of these teams are fighting for a bowl game. And while Texas Tech at home, uh, also fighting for a bowl game, you know, they have to play Texas next week. UCF, I think, is the better football team, which is kind of kind of nuts. I mean, this thing was Texas Tech minus three. It's been bet down to two and a half. And I think this number right here would tell you that that's why, right? I mean, it's, it's UCF's rushing defense is certainly uh, part of this equation. But again, when you look at that offense, uh, I think they're going to be able to score on Texas Tech. And I, I think Kansas beats Texas Tech last week if uh, if their quarterback didn't get injured, right? Jason Bean uh, got hurt. I, I think they probably win that game if Bean had stayed in the game. So you look at some of these numbers, uh, both of these teams, I mean, this is going to be a volatile football game. High variance, number 114 turnover margin against number 118. Um, it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. UCF is much more explosive. They're number three in net explosiveness. Texas Tech is number 63. I am going to go with UCF on the road, even even in Lubbock. I, I think this team's better, um, better than they've showed. Now, obviously, turnovers can skew anything. But we'll see about that. We will see what ends up happening. All right. UCF plus two and a half on it, that one. Uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. We got five more games that we got to hit, uh, and while I will be running through them. But if you would uh, do me the favor, uh, don't forget Three Dog Thursday, the Bet US College Football Show, uh, all those wonderful things. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, and follow me on all the different socials. Next on the board, we are going to the Pac 12, and Cal heads to Palo Alto to take on Stanford, and Stanford is a seven point home dog with a total of 54 and a half. This one's 5.30 p.m. Central Time on the Pac-12 Network. And let's click it. Let's see. Full season numbers would have Cal by 5.46, right? So five and a half. Uh, my power rating has Cal by a little more than eight points, eight and a half points. You know, a bit of a discrepancy there, but nothing too crazy. Uh, Stanford is just abysmal overall. Uh, for the full season. Number 131 in PPA margin. They're number 108 on offense, number 129 per drive on defense. Cal at least has the offense going, right? Because the running game uh, is really good. Number four in the country over the full season in PPA per rush. That's predicted points added per rush. Uh, number 34 in rushing success rate. Stanford is terrible at defending everything. Number 128 PPA per pass, or excuse me, number 126 PPA per pass. Number 114 PPA allowed per rush. Um, but teams don't run the ball on them that much because they can throw it on them. Like every single passing statistic, Stanford is terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, but Cal doesn't really throw the ball. Like they just, <laughs> they, they throw it about 50% of the time, but they're only number 108, or excuse me, 109 in uh, predicted points added per pass. Um, number 100 in passing success rate, number 88 in passing explosion. It is what it is. Let's look over the last four weeks, though. Let's see what it looks like now. Now, I would have Cal favored by about eight points, 7.94. Um, you know, Cal is number 45 PPA margin. Uh, the defense has gotten a little bit better, especially against the rush. They're number 20 over the past four weeks against the run. Uh, but that's partially because teams only run the ball on them 40% of the time because they are dreadful against the pass. Uh, it, it, number 120 in passing success rate allowed. Stanford has actually, you know, done okay 
with Troy Taylor, uh, they figured out, hey, we Ashton Daniels can throw the ball a little bit. We we got, uh, I forget the kid's name, but they got this stud at wide receiver. Number 84 PPA per pass over the past four weeks. Number 66 in passing success rate. Um, yeah, I, I think, okay. I mean, I, I think that's good. <laughs> Cal has been awesome. And these two teams, they're going to the ACC next year. Uh, so there's no... You know, there's no volatility. There's no one person leaving somebody else or anything like that. There's no look ahead here. This is a huge rivalry game. Um, and while the last four weeks would say that Cal would win by more than a touchdown, I just I get the feeling that Stanford is going to be up for this one, and I think they're going to be able to score on this Cal defense. Now, Cal is going to keep the ball away from them because, again, I mean, over the past four weeks, number 11 in PPA per rush, but Stanford's defense has gotten better against the run. You know, it, I think that they're going to be okay. So I think Stanford finds a way to maybe stick around in this thing. Uh, this is this is more gut feel than it is model on that. And I know sometimes you guys don't like that. But I'm going to take Stanford plus the seven here uh, to keep this thing relatively close. Rivalry game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun out in Palo Alto. Uh, curious how many people are going to be in the stands for that one. That's what I would like to know. All right. We move to the SEC for the first time today. Let's talk about it. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Missouri is hosting Florida as an 11.5 point home favorite. Total of 58.5 at 6.30 p.m. Central Time, God's Time Zone on ESPN. And Missouri an 8 point favorite per my full season stats. I'd didn't really expect that. That's kind of surprising. Uh, power rating, I've got Missouri by eh, 4.8, uh, near, nearly 5 points. Okay, PPA margin, Missouri number 24, Florida number 69. Uh, Florida's offense is number 28. Missouri's defense is number 56. Maybe there's an advantage there, but on the other side, Missouri's offense number 14. Eli Drinkwitz has got it rolling with these guys. Uh, Florida's defense is number 106 for the full season. Florida can't stop the pass. That's what Missouri does best on offense. Uh, I think Luther Burden's going to be back, you know, healthy, healthy this week. We shall see on that. But even without him, Theo Weiss and some of those guys, like, they they got dudes, and Brady Cook can cook. They just can't. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Florida, really good against the pass, or really good at passing the ball, excuse me, number 36 PPA per pass. Uh, but Missouri's defense is number 59 for the full season. Um, Florida can't run the ball, and it wouldn't matter because Missouri doesn't let teams run the ball. But regardless, let's look at the last four weeks, and whew, that's a drop-off, ain't it? That's a drop-off. Uh, Missouri by 24. There's a reason why the line has gone the way it has. As you see on there, spread at press, Missouri minus 10.5. Well, right now, the current number is 11.5, and, uh, and the total has come down. And that's I think part of that is because they think that Missouri is not going to allow Florida to... Uh, a score, really. Florida, number 61 PPA per drive over the past four weeks, but they're number 131 in PPA allowed per drive. Missouri is number 15 in PPA margin. Number 10 on offense, number 25 on defense. I mean, it's... It, this Missouri team is genuinely good. And and they're good at stopping everything that Florida wants to do. The, the five factors rank. Everything on this screen screams Missouri. And Missouri's got Arkansas next week, but that's not uh, a game that they're, 
you know, super fired up for. It's not like some huge rivalry game. They're not playing for... Right now, they are playing week to week because they can still make a New Year's Six game. They are ranked in the top 10 this week. That is wild. Like, how is Missouri ranked? Not just ranked, ranked in the top 10. Eli Drinkwitz has done a good job here. So, give me Missouri to cover the 11 and a half. I think they win it by two touchdowns at least, and, and maybe more because that... I don't know what to make of Florida. Like, this is a... This is a bad situation for Billy Napier. You got to get one more, I think, to get to a bowl game? Yikes. Uh, you got Missouri this week and Florida State next week. Oh, not good. Not good at all. Uh, give me Missouri. Minus the 11 and a half. Yikes, yikes, yikes. All right. Next on the board. And, of course, Ryder time's down because that's what we do. Kentucky heads to South Carolina. Kentucky, a two-point road favorite. Total of 55 on this one. 6.30 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network. And, yeah, two-and-a-half-point favorite or two-point favorite for Kentucky. And the full season numbers would have Kentucky favored by 6.86. So somewhere around 28 to 21-and-a-half or just 28 to 21, whatever. Uh, Power rating, I've got Kentucky by about six points. Okay, uh... South Carolina's played a tougher strength schedule. Both of them have played a pretty tough strength schedule. Kentucky got hammered by Alabama last week. Uh, the Kentucky defense has not been as good as you would expect. Uh, they're not very good against the pass. Uh, havoc rate, they're not great at creating havoc, which is the one thing that you need when you're going up against Spencer Rattler, right? You need to be able to get into his face. If you can't generate it, I mean, they're number 90 in havoc rate created, South Carolina's number 119 in Havoc Rate Allowed. So, uh, what I think is going to be interesting, and why the total is so high on this, is Kentucky on the season number 6 in net explosiveness. South Carolina is number 20 on that. So, let's look over the last four weeks. Let's see what this says. Yeah, over the past four weeks, South Carolina, minus 5. Um, again, Kentucky still, over the past four weeks, cannot generate... Havoc. They just can't. And even though South Carolina allows it, if Kentucky can't get home, Spencer Rattler's going to eat them alive. Just absolutely eat them alive. Uh, South Carolina doesn't try and run the ball anymore, so it doesn't matter that Kentucky is pretty good at stopping the run. That makes no difference. Makes no difference. The difference here is that South Carolina's defense has actually gotten pretty good uh, over the course of the season. In the past four weeks, they are number 33 in predicted points added allowed per drive. That's insane. That's insane to me. I just, I, <laughs> I can't believe, Shane Beamer doing it again. Now, there is something to the fact that both of these teams play rivalry games next week. Kentucky plays against Louisville, South Carolina. Uh, they get to host Clemson next week. Uh, but as it sits right now, I mean, five factors over the past four weeks leans South Carolina South Carolina as a home dog, uh, Shane Beamer typically really good in that spot. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the Gamecocks here. Um, I, I just think as it sits right now, you know, they hammered, absolutely hammered uh, Vanderbilt last week. And Kentucky coming off of a uh, whipping. Yeah, I think that I'm going to roll with, uh, with South Carolina plus the two at home on that one. All right, two more games to discuss. Don't forget about Ticket Smarter, WCE10, WCE20 promo codes, uh, the Bet U.S. College Football Show, all that kind of stuff. Uh, moving along, let me write my time down here. 
And Syracuse heads to Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech is a six-and-a-half-point home favorite total of 53 on this one. It's 7 p.m. Central Time on the ACC Network. And we'll pull up the number so you guys can see what we're working with. Full season, I've got Georgia Tech by 1.46. This Syracuse offense has just gone down the toilet, uh, especially in the middle of the year, right? They just dealt with a bunch of injuries and whatnot. But here's the thing. Georgia Tech's defense, I mean, they they were so bad that they had to fire the defense coordinator. Like, it's (laughs) number 117 on the season uh, in predicted points added allowed per drive. They have been bad on defense. Uh, this is a weird spot. So I've, I've got Syracuse actually power rated as three points better. Uh, but when you look at stats, I've got Georgia Tech for the full season by one and a half. And now I'm looking at this number and it's six and a half and people are betting on Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has been atrocious as a favorite. This is a team that lost at home to Bowling Green. Like they just don't do well in this role for whatever reason. Don't get me wrong. Syracuse has looked bad. But man, they got it turned around in Yankee Stadium last week against Pitt. They looked better. They got it. They got their tight end a a running back award last week. Like they have shifted some things around. They are figuring it out. Uh, it's it's different. Let's uh, let's look at the past four weeks. See what the numbers say on that. All right. So in the past four weeks, it would have Georgia Tech by three point seven zero. Better than it was. It's it's got them basically. Let's say twenty one and a half to 18 we'll just say that 21 and a half to 18 so they're they're better at running the ball that's the one thing that Syracuse is not good at defending over the past four weeks um and yet on the other side Syracuse has gotten better at running the ball and Georgia Tech is number 129 in PPA per rush allowed so I think there's obviously ways that Syracuse can stay in this ball game uh, both of these teams fighting for bowl eligibility. Georgia Tech's got Georgia next week. Syracuse, I don't even know who they play next week. <laughs> there's there's no rivalry game at the end of the season for uh, for Syracuse in this conference. It's it is what it is. They uh, it, you want to you want to get historian on this? Uh, Syracuse probably should have stayed in the Big East. But hey, I get it. I get it. You got to take the checks. I get it. Um, the Syracuse offense has not been good. Their defense is okay. Georgia Tech, the offense has been really good. The defense has been abysmal. And that is a recipe to me for a team that doesn't do well covering at home. I'm going to take Syracuse on the road to keep this thing within six and a half. I just think that they are going to find a way to stay within this thing. All right, last one of the day, and it is the late game. And let's see. San Diego State heads to San Jose State. San Jose State is a 14.5-point home favorite, total of 49 right now. It's 9.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS Sports Network. And we look at the number. Full season would have San Jose State minus 7.5 on this one. Of course, San Diego State's coach, Brady Hoke, announced that he's going to be retiring at the end of the season. And I don't know whether the team is going to fight for him or if they are just done with the whole experience. that's I'm very curious what this is going to look like. But, alas, there is a game to play, uh, so we will see what it looks like. Uh, the total on this is 49. My projected total is 48.12 for the full season. Uh, so San Jose State, like, basically 28 to... or 27.5 to 20, uh, 28 to 20, somewhere around there, whatever it may be. Um, San Jose State, number 70 in PPA margin for the full season. 
San Diego State is number 116 in PPA margin for the full season. Their defense has completely fallen apart. Kurt Maddox, uh, I thought that the, the Rocky Long thing was going to go forever. I just thought that they were going to be good forever, and it would never be an issue, but alas, uh, it is what it is. Uh, the San Diego State offense is still a problem, but they have gotten better at running the ball. And they're running a lot, uh, nearly 55% of the time. They're running it, and that happens to be San Jose State's weakness. Uh, let's look at the last four weeks and see what the numbers say. Da -da -da -da. There we go. All right, over the past four weeks, it's got San Jose State favored by 17 and a half. It's got the game uh, 29 to 11, somewhere around there. Okay, uh, number nine in PPA margin. Uh, the defense has gotten better. It's amazing how when you get into Mountain West play, uh, your defensive numbers get better <laughs> after having to play Oregon State and USC and all that to uh, to start the season. Um, yeah, they San Jose State has been significantly better, and they've actually got an outside shot at getting to the Mountain West title game. San Diego State has got a coach that's retiring. The defense has gotten a little bit better, number 62 for San Diego State, so that's good. Um, and while it's 17 and a half, I just... The the motivation factor is what's the biggest thing. I think San Diego State's going to look better next week. This week on the road, I don't know that they show up in a big way for him. San Jose State at home, uh, I believe it's their last home game of the uh, of the year, if I'm not mistaken. As a matter of fact, I'll click on that and see. Uh, da, 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 da. Looking at the schedule. Um, yeah, they play at UNLV next week. So last home game of the year for San Jose State. Uh, they are, this team's rolling right now I don't know why anybody would bet against these guys give me San Jose State minus 14 and a half on that one all right we got through it it's a little longer than usual but I appreciate all of you for being here this is a always a good time always a good time let's do the recap right quick and let's see what we got we're taking Colorado plus four and a half Louisville minus one Rutgers plus 20 and a half uh, FAU plus nine and a half, Indiana minus three and a half, Northwestern plus three, Arizona minus one, Duke minus three and a half, Iowa uh, minus three, uh, USC minus six and a half, Baylor plus 13, Ohio State minus 28. Uh, we've got Oregon minus 24, Houston plus seven, UCF plus two and a half, Stanford plus seven, Missouri minus 11 and a half. South Carolina plus two, Syracuse plus six and a half, and San Jose State minus 14 and a half. Don't forget to visit our partners in Ticket Smarter and uh, use the promo code. They're going to save you some money on your ticket purchases going forward. Also, the BetUS College Football Show every Tuesday and Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We will be with you all the way through the national championship game. Make sure and subscribe over there. Help us out. Uh, we would certainly appreciate it. We, the live show on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, the the chat, the community over there, super supportive, really, really fun bunch of guys to be involved with. Uh, along with that, of course, Three Dog Thursday. Don't forget about that. 2 p.m. Central Time right here on the Winning Cures Everything channel. And, uh, oh, the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast if you're watching the show. If you're listening to the podcast, go subscribe on YouTube. You guys know what to do. Hit the like button. Leave your comments. I want to know what you think about the show. Uh, buymeacoffee.com slash winning cures and uh, don't forget about becoming a member on the winning cures everything channel think that's everything think that's everything uh you guys have been fantastic i appreciate all of you um yeah what a fun week next week's the last one thanksgiving rivalry week 
end of the regular season before we get to championship week. I cannot believe it has gone this fast. Cannot believe it. All right, with that said, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. God bless college football. And uh, hopefully, hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.